Hello, you are listening to Forefront. This is Adam and Christina Hannon. We've been married for 16 years. We have four kids in this podcast. We're asking each other three marriage checking questions. What's something that's brought you joy this week? What's something that's been hard this week? And what's something that's been on the forefront of your mind? So this is your opportunity to eavesdrop in on our conversation. (laughs) And why don't you start this week? What's something that's brought you joy? We got a new map put up at church this week. It's so cool. We're part of a a church planting network, Mm -hmm. and it's called the Salt Network. And really, our our hope and our goal is to plant a church in all the major university cities in the world Mm. in the next 20 years. So that's a really big goal. Yeah. And it's super cool to look at this map because they have white dots indicating all the major university cities. Mm -hmm. And then they have colored dots indicating where we've already planted and then a different color showing where we're currently working toward planting. Yeah, it's so cool. It's really, it's exciting to be a part of a network like that and to see the mission and the hope and the goal in such just a visual display like that Mm. and it reminded me so much of when our kids were little and our church had just a big map of the world it Mm. wasn't a church planting map it was just like a standard map of the world only it was huge right and so we would pick them up when they were toddlers and hold them by the map and and say where do you want to live and and they would point (laughs) you know and it was like they didn't know what they were pointing at no it was just like random like oh Arnie's going to live in Russia, you know, <laughs> just because that's where she happened to point. But When she was two. <laughs> right. It just reminded me so much of that, like, oh, it's like that, only with real intention. Like, mm. where do you want to go? Where do you want to see the gospel proclaimed? I kind of want to hold our kids up in front of there, but they're too big. <laughs> they're too big. Like, where do you want to live? Where are you going to plant a church? <laughs> Holding up our 16-year-old. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but anyway, it just brought me a lot of joy. It's cool to see. Hmm. And That's I got awesome. a new sweatshirt this week. You like that? That's pretty nice. Too. Brings you joy? It does. Looks good on you. <laughs> Thanks. How about you? What's something that brought you joy this week? So speaking of our kids, they had this big hangout with all their friends at our house over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's so good. We we see a lot of benefit in large group hangouts with teenagers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've experienced that when I was a teenager. It was uh, Steve and Wendy Gelly, one of my friend's parents, that they hosted these large get-togethers. We'd all go to their place and the whole house was fair game. I remember that. I think I got to go to one of those. That's awesome. Which is funny because we weren't dating in high school. Right. But yeah, there there were video games, there were movies, there were snacks, there was board games. There was just hangout and conversation taking place. And it was so good because in these large group hangouts, it's such a safe environment for predating teenagers, Mm -hmm. right? To actually get to know people and what they're actually like and... For our kids, it was all their church friends, so they had that common thing going for them, and it was really good because we just, it was you and I upstairs mm-hmm. having our own game night. Yeah, we were playing Battleship. <laughs> Battleship and Ticket to Ride. <laughs> it was good because we, we provided the snacks, and then we just kind of backed off and gave them space mm-hmm. and let them do their own thing. And hearing them laugh and talk and have fun, 
And then uh, when people would eventually migrate upstairs, we were welcoming them. And I love that. And I think you're right. It's such a perfect setting and scenario for for teens as they're just kind of stepping into that dating world you know Mm -hmm. is this someone that loves the lord and is that something that just naturally comes out of Mm -hmm. them or is it something that you kind of have to pull out of them you know but also are they prone to drama do they you know (laughs) do they create all the he said she said now i'm mad now i'm not you know like that sort of stuff is really evident in a large group setting and so I'd say all the teens, come on over. Let's get to know you. It's been so good because even in the post-party conversations with our kids, we're hearing stories about the bond of friendship getting stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this has potential to create lifelong friendships with, with great young adults. I love it. Oh, yeah. And the food was outstanding. <laughs> Thank you. So flipping the conversation a little bit, what's something that's been hard for you this week? We just said that we were playing Battleship and Take It to Ride. I had a good night. You did. And here's <laughs> here's the thing. I lost every game, I think, that night. That's not typical That's for you. That's not typical for me to lose. But here's what's even more atypical is that I didn't care. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't even care if I lost. And I don't know what that means. Like... <laughs> You know, there's all those, like, indicators of, like, I don't know, am I going through a season of depression? Am I in a midlife crisis? Like, what is going – because competitiveness in board games, that is me. Mm, it has been, It's, yeah. like, a defining factor of who <laughs> I am. And if I just don't even care anymore, who am I? I feel like – I need to get one of those books. Like, you know those books they have for adolescents, like How You're Changing? Like, <laughs> that's what I need. Like, I, what is wrong with me? What is going on? I don't even care about board games anymore. Like, I'll sit and play just because I enjoy sitting and putting the little pegs in the battleship board. But, but it wasn't about winning that night. It wasn't about winning. Mm. I'll, I'll check out the library, see if they have what to expect when you're expecting to lose. Oh, no. <laughs> See if that's in there. It was weird. It was disturbing. I mean, it's kind of great because it's just, oh, I'll just sit and enjoy myself. Keeping the peace instead of keeping the pieces. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, what was hard for you? (laughs) Not Battleship. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I wonder if I just put my boats in the same spot every time. Because you were like, I think you only missed twice. How does that happen? I had a strategy and you fell right into it. I don't. Anyway, (laughs) I'll share it with you sometime now that you don't care about winning. (laughs) Okay, for real. Oh, it's hard for you. Okay. You know how you switch up your exercise routine and you work muscles you haven't worked in a while? I love that because it shows you that you are actually working. Yeah, but it's hard. It was hard to walk for a couple days. (laughs) What did you do? It was so simple. It was silly. So our daughter invited me downstairs uh, one evening to watch a movie with her great but while we're doing that i'm just gonna do some exercise and so i grabbed a bench Mm -hmm. and i stepped on it and then i stepped off of it and then i stepped on it and then i stepped off of it Mm -hmm. did that for a half hour or so were you wearing like leg warmers no i was wearing pants (laughs) does that count (laughs) it seems like an 80s workout video but 
I'll tell you where I learned it. So when I was in high school, I was in weightlifting with my friends. Usually when we started weightlifting class, we would start by talking about what was going on in the WWF, you know, WWE now, because mm-hmm. we were really into pro wrestling. Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> so as, uh, as I'm spotting my friend, he's talking about how Bob Backlund had just lost the WWE Heavyweight Championship. He's like, oh man, Bob Backlund, what a loser. I can't believe you lost to Diesel. And I'm like, dude, shut up for real. Because what my friend couldn't see, because his back was turned, was that Bob Backlund just entered into the weight room. He just walked in. I'm like, uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is the guy who still holds the record for the longest title reign in the WWE. And he's right behind me. And he's getting ready to work out. Turns out he was from my hometown. I had no idea. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's getting ready to work out. And I'm thinking, okay. Former heavyweight champion, he's going to start pumping so much iron, we're going to have to import more ore from the mines. (laughs) Yeah, this gym is not big enough for this guy. (laughs) (laughs) So he grabs a bench, and then he steps onto it, and then he steps off of it, and then he steps on, and then he steps off, and then he steps on, then he steps off, and that's what he does. Huh. So I joined him, but he did it for three hours. Oh, man. Before he took a break. (laughs) Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, so he came into the weight room every day that week. So I got to work out with Bob Backlund for a week. Did you do it for three hours? No, oh no, the bell rang and I was off to math. Oh, okay. That was my excuse. What's yours, Bob? Thirsty? (laughs) Need a drink? After three hours. (laughs) So that's where I learned it from, which is really cool. I haven't done it in a while. Picked it up. Yep, not doing the three hours yet. Start with 30 minutes. Good thing the movies don't last three hours. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You have an excuse to quit. Didn't Bob Backlund just write a book? Yeah, yeah. He he just wrote his autobiography. Mm -hmm. It was so good. And in the book, he talks about a lot of his matches with former champion Ken Patera. Oh, yes. (laughs) Who, when I was in college... I actually wrestled Ken Patera in the ring, yep. but that's another story for another time. It's an impressive one. <laughs> All right, so what's something that's been on the forefront of your mind this week? I learned a new word this week. Yeah? Maybe it's not actually a new word. It's a really old word. Hmm. And here's what's kind of embarrassing is we have been using this word inappropriately. Not oh, no. inappropriately. We've been pronouncing it the wrong way. Oh, okay. So the word is harbinger. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the characters in, we've been talking a lot about board games. It's one of the cards in one of our favorite board games. Dominion. Dominion. But we've been calling it... Harbinger. Harbinger, which is <laughs> not right at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what the card does, but what does the word mean? Because yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, so the word harbinger is like somebody who goes before and announces the coming of somebody. So Mm. like the context that I learned it in is John the Baptist was a harbinger for Jesus because he went before him and just kind of proclaimed like the king is coming. Mm. And then here he is. Oh, so like Paul Revere, like, hey, the British are coming. Well, I don't know. I don't I don't know, because I think that that kind of has like a negative connotation like he's saying like watch out they're coming to attack us where harbinger was 
I think they're on the same side. Because originally, the word was used like a harbinger would go before the army and kind of arrange lodging for them along the way and just get everything ready. Oh, okay. So that when the army comes through, they have a place to stay. Hmm. So anyway, that's what a harbinger is. And I think it's the coolest word ever. Like <laughs> forerunner. That's how we would say it. Like a forerunner. Forerunner. I've heard that. Yeah. I think I've used that. So, like, John the Baptist is a forerunner before Jesus. Yeah. So it's just so cool to think about, like, John the Baptist is sent on this purpose, and his whole mission is just to be this harbinger Mm -hmm. for Jesus. And I'm just like, I want to be a harbinger. (laughs) Like, how cool is that? So that's what's on the forefront of my mind. Like, how can I be a harbinger? For Christ. I've seen you be a harbinger for Christ. Here's my forefront. You ready? Okay. About a month ago, there was this couple that was new to our church. Mm-hmm. So we met with them in their home and welcomed them to the church. You know, do you have any questions about our church? Also, do you understand the gospel? And trying to gauge, are they, are they actually believers or are they mm-hmm. just visiting or or where are you at? Do you actually understand the gospel? Yeah. So you and I each had an opportunity to explain the gospel to them. Mm-hmm. One of the methods you use really well, by the way, is the gospel on a napkin where you actually physically draw it out. Yeah. I may be more visual. I think a lot of people are. So there you go. It's a good harbinger skill to have. <laughs> sure. But uh, yeah, Google gospel on a napkin. It's, it's a great tool to use. So anyways, at that time, he was not ready to accept Jesus as his Lord. Okay, fine. You know, we're not here to pressure you into a yes. But if you don't mind us asking, what's, uh, what's stopping you? So it was a great conversation that day. Mm-hmm. That said, a month later, this past weekend, we get a message saying that he had finally accepted Christ mm-hmm. as was, his Lord and Savior. That was super exciting. Oh, my oh, goodness. It still is. Mm-hmm. He and I are friends now. Like we're, we're, we're texting and calling each other all the time now, which is great. He, he needs uh, Christian guys to talk things through and figure things out. You know, all, a lot of this stuff is new to him. Mm-hmm. He was telling us the other day. Just how amazing it was that God rescued him in God's timing instead of his timing. Mm. And he's seen now, in hindsight, all the ways that God has led him to Jesus. He said, so God led me to my wife, and through her, God led me to my son-in-law, and through him, he led me to this church. And through this church, God led me to you guys, us, Mm -hmm. and through... You guys, us, he led me to a small group. And through that small group, he led me to the pastor. And in all those stops along the way, I've heard that same message being told. Right. Everywhere I turned, it was the gospel. Yes. So through all those stops that God brought me to, Mm -hmm. he was leading me to Jesus ultimately. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that beautiful? That's so beautiful. So just being able to celebrate new life in Jesus with my new friend is so exciting to see him view everything with fresh eyes, like prayer. We've been having a lot of talks about prayer with him. It's good to talk this through with with a new believer, but also to see him recognize God's leading him every step of the way. It's just great. So nice job on your harbinger. Well, you too. God worked through you. 
you and your too. napkin. <laughs> you too. And like all those other stops. I mean, that's yeah. all those harbingers. Just it wasn't like us. People we were just... proclaiming the truth over and over again. Yeah. Jesus is coming again. We can harbinger that. Yes. Well, this has been Forefront with Adam and Christina Hannon. We hope that you will check out our website, ForefrontPodcast.com.